You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Welcome everyone to a very one-shot episode of Systematic Ecology. Uh, why do we love science video games, uh, sci-fi video games so much? And can they teach us something that movies can't? We're going to find out, to, out today, all of us here. I am, of course, assembling some of the greatest co-hosts of all time. Minus one who may be able to make it here. He is, of course, better than a co-host. He is greater than all of us. I mean, lesser than the angels, but still pretty dang good, TJ Blackwell. But he's not here yet. Uh, but I do have, of course, I being Christian Ashley, uh, Elizabeth Payne Clyde, my co-leader of the revolution against Joshua. We have plotted earlier today to undermine him a little more. It's going to be excellent. It's going to be fun. Uh, Peng, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Could be better, but could be worse, I guess. Fair enough. Uh, we also join by the person we're fighting against, you know, the power himself, uh, Joshua Noel. How do you feel, Joshua, about this uh, rebellion? I'm hoping it wins. I'm hoping he get take down, taken down, and um, I can just stay at home defeated watching Indiana Jones films. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of stuff that we've uh, just gotten to and have watched recently, uh, what have you guys been geeking out on? Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, well, you talked a little bit earlier today to me, but like explain <laughs> more to the people who are listening to this, Joshua. What did you like about the film? Well, so I've seen all four, eight times before this one came out. Uh, the new one came out today. Um, well, technically yesterday, because I saw it yesterday. I saw it in an RPX film. It was awesome. Um, if you don't know, RPX has speakers on all of the seats. So you can like hear the noise moving. So whenever he was on a train, you could hear like the train tracks both front and behind you. Really cool, fun effect. Um, the meta narrative, fantastic. The things that I complained about, I thought about for 30 minutes and went, oh my God, they did that on purpose. <laughs> so the more I think about it, the more I love it. Um, it was good nostalgia. It was good callbacks to everything. And um, I think it was a really good ending to Indiana Jones. And his romance life, for those who care about those things. Okay. Uh, yeah. Peng, how about you? So I've been geeking out. I finally watched the new Fruits Basket. So it is a remake. Back in like the 1990s, the, the anime did the thing we all hate and went over the manga. And so yes. I never read the manga. And so it never really ended for me. But someone spoiled it and she didn't end up with the guy I wanted. Oh. And so I just, I've been on like hiatus, like just refusing. To watch it and i finally watched it and it could just be because i have had a couple of emotional like days but i have wept for three days straight watching that but i mean like you know it's other like outside so it just gave me like you <laughs> yes. know it gave me a reason like to allow myself to cry and everything was beautiful it was beautifully done like that was the second time i cried at the ending of an anime because it was so nice and so well mm. done okay yeah good to hear uh, mm -hmm. i've never watched fruits basket myself that wasn't really into the premise, but I'm glad someone else can enjoy it. Uh, yeah. For me, on the other hand, we did that episode on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, so I couldn't stop myself. And <laughs> I've continued to reread the series. I, I just got to uh, the Order of the Phoenix. So uh, you may notice that episode didn't release that far ago, far away. Uh, so that's how quickly I read. And I am having a blast getting back into these characters I haven't seen in so long. And just having fun with the series. I love Harry Potter. It means a lot to me. Uh, so that's that. But you didn't come here to hear us talk about just, just the stuff we're geeking out on. This is what we have on our show, the special little one shots where uh, as many of us as possible come together. And there's one topic in mind. And we ask a couple questions around it. Today's topic is sci-fi video games. And as a big sci-fi guy, uh, myself, especially in the video game area, I'm super happy to be introducing this to you guys. But before we do that, we have a bit of a lightning round where we discuss things we wanted to talk about today because we were only able to choose one ultimately. And we can have up to three that we can mention. Joshua, go ahead and start us, please. Um, well, if I was going with my favorite, I would have went with Ratchet and Clank. But we're going to do a follow-up as that. Talk about some some political things for our new series we have coming up. Um, it's going to be primarily political. It'll be going on up until November of next year. I wonder why. And... And uh, let's see, otherwise, uh, Jack and Dexter, fantastic series, just a lot of fun, a lot of big game feel. You know, it's like uh, the same reason that I actually do like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, even if I don't like his Spider-Man. Just a good, big, grand feeling to it. Um, I'd also have to go with Borderlands, just one of my favorite series. It's a lot of fun, even if it's hard to finish a game because I get so easily sidetracked. But the humor of it, great. Claptrap might be my favorite video game side character ever. 
That would be a fun episode. What's your favorite video game side character? That'd mm. be fun. I like Add it. that to the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pang, how about you? So this is the question is something I would wish I was talking about other than what we are talking about. Yes. That, oh, probably Studio Ghibli. I am a huge Ghibli nerd. Like, I love it. Science, sci-fi video game. That's what I just asked. I just I, I should have specified. That. That's on me. I was That's so confused. I, was like, I thought we were talking about video games. Yeah. Um, so you want me to talk about the game I'm talking about right now then? No, no. no. If you had any other than that one, the sci-fi games that you didn't get to pick. No, it it was hard for me to pick this one. (laughs) Okay. So my bad, Peg. But I'll go ahead. And I had to pare my list down, of course, because I just keep having more I want to talk about. But uh, the one I picked, I'll talk about that in a bit. But the one I picked, almost picked instead was Halo 2, which is my personal favorite in the franchise. Um, I think that's where the combat really got good. Uh, the whole story of Chief and the Arbiter fighting two different wars and then suddenly fighting the same war together. Really loved their story together in that. I learned more about the Covenant as well. Very big for world building there. Uh, Next up, I considered Bioshock Infinite, which definitely what we talked about earlier today in that other episode Josh was talking of. uh, Briefly, in a special segment you can only get by subscribing to us on Captivate or on Apple Podcasts. So, because uh, I really love the world that Bioshock creates, uh, there's three different games so far in the series, but Infinite just has that uh, yeah, castle in the sky kind of feeling, uh, people above each other, and you know, traveling between different worlds in the multiverse. Let's see, the other one I would have chosen would have been The Outer Worlds, which for my New Vegas fans is essentially Fallout New Vegas in space to an extent made, if I remember correctly, by Obsidian. And just dealing with uh, corporations in charge of an entire solar system, excuse me, yeah, entire solar system uh, and sector of space and the fallout of that. So uh, unintentional pun there with fallout. So uh, if anyone is watching this, please feel free to go ahead and suggest other games that you really want us to discuss as well, or something like, hey, this is something that's really, truly passionate to me. We'd like to know that too. If you're listening to this on YouTube, feel free to comment below, Facebook, whatever. We'd like to hear your opinion too. So onto the actual episode in question. We are going to be discussing one singular game. So I have to deny myself. One each. Yeah, one each. Yeah. Thank you, Joshua, for that clarification. And just pick, uh, why did we choose it? What about that game really appeals to us? And then we're going to go into more like sci-fi video games, their history and stuff like that. So I'll go ahead since I am in charge here and I can do whatever I want. And I'm going to bring Mass Effect 2, which is probably not my favorite video game of all time. Uh, Definitely that would be Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, but that's more sci-fi fantasy. So I disregarded that out of the running for this. But Mass Effect as a series, if you don't know the premise, it's essentially mankind has made our way into space. We found this thing where we're able to travel long distances, the mass relays uh, that normal ships just can't do. What they can do is they can propel us towards different regions of the galaxy. We find other alien races. We have a first contact war. And now we're fighting for the right to be represented in a council of this alien race, uh, of all these alien races, to see humanity take charge because we're not going to back down from a fight. Mass Effect 2 comes at the events of Mass Effect 1 where we learn that every 50,000 years or so, these uh, this alien race known as the Reapers comes in, wipes out everyone who's technologically like strong, and then flees, and it comes back, resets the cycle. We barely managed to stop them from starting their invasion early, and now no one believes us. Shepard gets killed in the very beginning, Shepard being the main character of the first game, gets killed, and to find out two years later, he is brought back to life by this shady organization you fought against in the last game. Cerberus, and now they're the only people who trust what he has to say, and he's assembling a crew on a suicide mission to stop the invasion from happening again. I love this game. Uh, Mass Effect as a whole, the world building is incredible, but this builds on that even more and introduces new alien races, new planets we can go to. There's an entire like uh, Narshada kind of planet. We get a very crime-ridden world we can go to, and Omega, we get to explore plenty of other places as well we get 
to see like what are these alien races about what do they believe who are these characters we're bringing with us what are their convictions and that to me is like the top of the game i mean not to use that as well uh, as a pun but like this is where it's at so that's me uh peng what is your choice for this so i'm not really a sci-fi person but then you started talking about halo and i've played halo so i'm like I'm sure I've played more sci-fi games than I realized, but mine would just be Final Fantasy. So a lot of them have, unbeknownst to Josh, sci-fi qualities. <laughs> because when I asked about this, he's like, is this even science fiction? Well, there's aliens. There's to one clarify, that was like... I was genuinely asking. I wasn't being facetious. Oh, I feel like you're always just annoying. So I'm always going <laughs> to take it. <laughs> I'm always just going to like but heads with you because it's fun but no yeah so it's uh specifically i didn't know which one i want to talk about i literally pulled out my old xbox 360 games and just started like going through them because i have a few so um and then i realized i didn't have the one i was thinking of because i think i played it on playstation back in the day so who knows uh mine is specifically final fantasy 7 and that's like the big one of it where like playstation released it and then, like, I think I had to, like, replay it on my Xbox One back um, back in the day. It's all a blur. Now I mainly just do, like, Nintendo Switch. I'm very basic gamer right now. But, so many um, of so, my Kingdom Hearts characters come from that particular one. So just got a shout out. Oh, fine. Thanks for picking that one. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. But, I mean, I, I think I like that one so much. I always want to say Genovia because Princess Diaries. <laughs> but it's Genova. <laughs> but every time I, like, I think about it, I'm like, the Genovia alien. Yeah. So pretty much corporations, you know, bad guys coming, wants to control everything. And then the guy was like, no, I'm going to fight you. They get all their like source from an alien power and people are like, don't use the alien. No, uh, there is romance as well. Um, he did not get there the is. girl. There is romance, you know, got to stay true to my roots, you know. Uh, but yeah, I it's been a hot minute since I played it, since I said I had to dig to the closet and i almost i was talking to christian on the phone today i was like should i pull out and reconnect everything and just have a good time but yes i i decided not to i've been procrastinating cleaning my house so i still i should have played the game because i didn't do anything anyway so that's my pick the final fantasy there's like so many of them like one's like is mainly in space this one was on like the planet i forgot the name but make yeah good job christian yeah, if anyone's wondering why she said Final Fantasy VII and we see an image of Final Fantasy XI up there. Because I, that's the one I grabbed. But this is the first MMO one, and I was really excited. So that's my fault. And I was like, I don't think... I mean, it's it does have some sci-fi elements, but I just felt like Seven had more. So I decided to talk about Seven. But this was like... this is we, we killed some time in high school. Like, Wow. I would have gotten better grades if it wasn't for this beauty right here. <laughs> I wish I was allowed to play them in high school. Oh, <laughs> poor sheltered child. Oh, it's yeah. fine. Homeschooled child. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Joshua, you had your pick as well. And yeah. It's Dead not Space the original two. Dead Space. No, but this image is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Dead Space 2 um, is when I went with. It's when they finally start exploring a little bit more of the religion of the, I want, I want to say it's like universology, something like that. Um, but it's where you find out a lot of these necromorphs, for those who don't know, dead space, you're in space, you're stuck in all these different scenarios, usually on spaceships. Third game, you're on a mother planet. Um, and there's zombie kind of virus thing, go, but it's not the same as usual. You have to cut off their limbs so they can, can't move anymore. Headshots don't do anything. Um, they chase you. They pop out of nowhere. Everything's dark. The game starts with like a little kid going twinkle, twinkle, like it. It is like genuinely like the only thing that actually has kept me up at night as far as like media goes. Very scary for me. Um, but they find out that some people wanted everyone to turn into necromorphs. They're a whole cult started because they believed that if you submit to the marker, which is this biomass in space, um, that everyone can eventually by going through transformation, which is becoming a necromorph. A whole planet would be united as one giant biomass, and they believe that that's what the marker want. The marker's kind of like their god in this scenario. So they're trying to get everyone infected doing all this. So you see the politics of it and the creepy cult religion stuff of all of it kind of behind the scenes and just how the people who 
aren't insane, who aren't whatever, realize, yeah, this is bad. Um, as the unity guy, I love it because I'm like, yeah, there's a difference between uniformity and unity. We don't all want to be one giant mother planet zombie. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of fun, really scary games, really fun games. Also, I just always like new religions and different stuff in different medias because it allows us to explore and see what other people think about religion as an idea. And uh, it's interesting. They kind of just equate religion to a cult in this, but I still enjoy it. I like it a lot. I like the critiques. I enjoy the game. And with that, I have to bid everyone a farewell. But thanks for letting me come and uh, randomly blab on a little bit about Dead Space. And I, I will bestow the rest of the Dead Space talk to TJ if he shows up. And if not, Christian, just, you know, pretend like you're me. Say what you want about the game. Make up stuff nope. if you want. <laughs> no one wants to pretend like they're you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Finally, uh, we can talk bad about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I find it interesting, too. I've only played the first game in the dead space oh, final series. okay got it um uh seven like as far back i've i've gone in final fantasy but one of the things they introduced later on i forget the name he used for like this evil cult but they're kind of like scientology with the serial numbers filed off and i like when people can do that because you want to talk about a very litigious organization that's always looking for a reason to sue someone for talking down to them or saying they're not a religion or saying that they're a cult like this is one way to do it. And like, that's something that's something out there that rightfully deserves to be a uh, ridiculed in my opinion. So I don't know how much you know about Scientology thing. I know a little bit. Okay. Uh, enough to know to stay away. A little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate what dead space does with that. Cause I I'm way behind on the series. I, like I said, I only ever played the first one and things get a lot uh, more hectic as time goes on from what I understand, but we're not talking about dead space because Joshua is gone. And we're still holding out hope that maybe TJ will come here and grace us with his presence. But we shall see. Let's move on, though, Pang. Like, not all sci-fi is based in space. But this idea, why is it so fun? What makes it so fun to play a game in space, in your opinion? So, fun fact, I don't really care about space. Um, I don't really care about, like, space movies. Like, sci-fi is not my jam and the only reason why i have played like the final fantasy in space is because i got on the final fantasy thing but i mean i i can appreciate it you know what i mean it's not yeah. my go-to if i went over like if we all got together and we're gonna play a game like it's it's fine um but it's just it's the unknown really is i feel like what everyone would be drawn to everyone has imagined going to space before and how fun that would be. And it's crazy to think that we are getting closer to the mark of just regular common folks. Well, regular rich common folks uh, can actually go to space if you believe. <laughs> like they will actually go. Or you could be like me and wonder if it's all going to be a sham. And they're just going to put really nice TVs and trick everyone out of their money. Yeah, Who well, knows? that's kind of the same thing we just had of exploring space but also exploring the depths of the ocean right now is very popular in the news it's like are people being taken advantage of while they're doing that too is there any do you regulate uh, anything that needs to be regulated a little more in that regard but i, I find it fascinating that you're not really a space person because i don't think i've I, i've met people before uh, it's not like their jam but this to me that idea of the entire cosmos out there if you just get out there and explore what else is out there really fascinates me so i love to see when someone creates a new game and says well i'm populating my world with aliens i'm populating my world without aliens all you're gonna see is maybe some new flora and fauna on a new planet you discover and how does that all work like yeah go ahead you're about to say something. No, the well i'm trying to think the only space franchise that i probably look forward to is guardians of the galaxy okay so i am because it is fantasy people you don't like I personally like some people believe there is other life out there like I'm just chilling here I don't care <laughs> like to explore like I just feel like we could spend a lot more money feeding the poor or something I you know what I mean that's just I, uh, okay so okay crazy. but I'm just like I'm like why because I'm so content though with my life like I don't care what could happen at the depths of the ocean or I don't care what could be in space or I don't like so I think that's why I don't go to like that genre specifically 
Okay. But I do love fantasy. Like I love the wizards. I love the middle, like Eastern with like, you have like the knights and all that stuff. And I love, um, like, I love like that, the gameplay of being able to be a mage. And so I do love fantasy, just yes. not sci-fi. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, to me, just the possibilities are not in, it's all dependent on like the creativity of the one making the game. Because mm -hmm. pretty much everything's been done. There's nothing new under the sun uh, when it comes to ideas of new alien races. Like there, there are plenty of races out there. They're just space elves from, you know, Tolkien. Space elves. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, or they're based off another culture from Earth. Like uh, when Klingons first show up in Star Trek, they're pretty much, uh, they and the Romulans, they're pretty much different sides of the Soviet Union. They later got turned into more like a warrior race as time went on. But mm. speaking of Guardians Ooh. of the Galaxy, by the way, there have been two video games that they've done. One of them, a Telltale game. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I don't dabble in games too much anymore. I really want to. Like, I bought, we have a PS5 my husband just got, and I bought three games for me. And I just have not, it's just like the sitting down and like devoting the time to it. Like, That's it's fair. really hard for me to, at this stage in my life, at least, it's hard for me to turn off my brain and to relax so maybe i should devote more time to gaming but it's just it's not my thing but i did think i do like doctor who and doctor who is very spacey very much right? so yeah it, yeah he's very spacey not just tiny I, I don't think i've heard of a good doctor who game though so i can't really recommend one of those that's okay but, i'm just saying like i do enjoy space like the more yeah, i yeah. think about it i just don't think of it as sci-fi really like, but you may get your husband to consider the guardians of the galaxy game for ps4 and ps5 Okay. That was a lot of fun, too. So moving on from there, uh, is there anything about sci-fi video games do you feel that they can teach us that can be harder to learn maybe if we were watching a movie or reading a book instead? Mm, it, teach it because you have to use a more brain function. And, like, you have to use – you do have some kind of, like, skills to do, like, the sci the video games versus just watching a movie. Because watching a movie, it's the same as spacing out, and it's almost the same, like, the brain waves – you have dreaming while watching a movie. So um, I feel, I don't know if it could really teach us anything. I just feel like it's a good waste of time. Which is probably, <laughs> I know it's probably blasphemous. Um, I'm so sorry. I probably should have skipped no, this episode. No, no, well, it would have just been me at this point in time. <laughs> and I'm a okay like, for the dissenting opinion. Yeah, like I, but I, I enjoy video games, but even when I do play like Nintendo, I think I love the Nintendo games because my Switch, it's quick. I can play for like 20 minutes, do a round of Mario Party, and then we're done and we're moving on. So, like, even now, yeah. RPGs and sci fi and like really like gameplay, it's not, it's not something I'm doing right now. Okay. But I like talking about so, it. So, I mean, that's fair. That's totally, totally fair. Me, I think what they can teach us a little better. I mean, you brought up a good point earlier. Uh, movies, you're just watching them for the most part. I mean, you can think about a movie while you're doing it. And a book, you can think, you can maybe like make an image of your mind, which by the way, did you know that there are people, number one, who don't have an inner monologue in, in their minds, but two, they can't imagine things? I have heard that. It's, you know, sometimes I have tried and I have struggled. Like I can't, it's hard for me to do it consciously, like to create images in my mind. So, and like, there's been times where I've been like, wait, I'm trying to imagine this and I can't do it. I can do it subconsciously, but I actually mm -hmm. have trouble doing it very consciously. So even when I'm very like artistic, so I can't paint from my mind, but I can replicate an image if I see it. Okay. It's interesting. So I, I do believe that people are worse than me. <laughs> it's, all, it, I, it's a huge revelation. I just learned about a couple months ago of like, I, I thought someone was kidding. I thought they were just messing with me. But no, there's apparently a, a sizable enough population of people who've always wondered what people were talking about when they just said, hey, just Im imagine a butterfly or uh, uh, draw up an image of a dinosaur or something like that. It's like, and they can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's utterly fascinating. I wonder, what a video I game wonder if they dream. Do you think they dream? Do you know That'd be a good question. Like I'd have to look into that. Mm -hmm. But what a video game can do is it kind of combines a lot of that in that you're right. It's a hands-on thing. You are, you are forcing your will upon this world by actively moving your buttons around to go forward, to talk to this person in a way you can't do with the movie. You can't interact with the movie in that same way or a book mm -hmm. in the same way that you can with a controller in your hands. And I think that's one way it kind of allows us to get a more personal glimpse 
into that world is like, or essentially we're putting ourselves there. Like sure. There's a main character on screen. Um, so it's the point being of just placing yourself in the role of whatever character you're playing of, you know, I can be commander shepherd in mass effect. I can be master chief in halo, or I can be uh, cloud strife and final fantasy seven. It's like, yes, this is me. Sure. This person doesn't look like me on the screen, but it's me. I'm controlling this world. And you don't get that same semblance unless you're writing something yourself mm -hmm. of a book or a movie. I wonder um, if people being able to put themselves in it. And so you kind of think of having ultimate control. And so who isn't a little bit narcissistic, right? And they want to mm -hmm. be the ruler of their universe. So I wonder if that kind of makes people so addicted to video games, because let's say if you have a complete chaotic life, this is your time to shut out the what you can't control. And now you get to be the ruler and you get to control every single thing in your own little world. So that's just an interest because video game addiction is a very strong addiction, just like very alcohol, real. drug. It's very yes. real. Like people, man, wow, World of Warcraft, that got me too. <laughs> I I remember like literally like waiting in high school, like just, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get home. <laughs> like I would wake up at 4 a.m. to play before school. And then like go to school and then come and play until I fell asleep again. Wow. Like I was, I was very dedicated yeah, and I got thing. good grades. So good. I could have gotten that's, better grades. That's one vice I don't have is MMOs because that involves working with other people. And I hate other mm. people and other than you, of course. But other people love me, which you just made my point. So I love, yeah, yes. I love it when they love me. Of course. How yes. could they not? They'd be fools. Right. I am a sovereign ruler in my games. <laughs> But yeah, a video game addiction is a very real thing. And part of that is what you said, is that we control something. And people lack a lot of control in their lives. And you can argue in some ways, like, we do need to control certain matters. And there are other things, like, we need to let go of control. Like, as, as Christians, our idea of taking control isn't always a good thing because we're supposed to deny ourselves and allow God to take control of what we normally would want to do so that we can further his glory and not our own. Um, uh, so this idea of taking control is a very attractive prospect because, you know, I don't get to yell at my uh, my manager every day. I don't get to yell at uh, my teacher working with me that I know doesn't deserve that job and should really just shut up. Uh, I'm sure we've never been able to identify with that at one point. I keep to myself at school. Like whenever I teach, I'm like, <laughs> y'all do y'all, I do me. Like, don't even talk to me. But what this does is we can send us in a situation to where, like, hey, we see injustice in the world. Well, now I can actively stop that here, and I can't mm -hmm. do it in the real world in the same way. So I think that's one of the things that really helps us ap appeal to our natures in that sense. Uh, some positive, some not positive, like we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. But um, speaking of, I mean, we kind of touched on this. Do you think these games reveal anything about how we treat the other and those different than themselves? Because, like, especially with sci-fi, you're going to get, like – maybe cyborgs and androids are a thing, or maybe we're meeting a new alien race and like, yeah. Uh, and how we treat them in those games kind of reflects how we treat other people now. What do you think? Yeah. I'm probably going to be also, I don't want to sound like super conservative and, but <laughs> I feel like it, it has desensitized our compassion for each other, for other humans. Like I played Gears of War, like my husband and I, we would have Gears of War two dates and he let me have all the ammo because we had a long distance relationship. So I've played plenty of shooting and fighting games. Like, you know, I'm not against them, but I just think of um, how my niece got in trouble at school because she said she was going to shoot some one of her classmates. Yes. And she has older brothers and they play the shooting game. So like she's very exposed to that at a young age and she doesn't understand. She she doesn't differentiate between game and real. And you hear so many horror stories of kids finding their parents' gun and not realizing it's not a toy. And yes. even like some of these toy guns are so real. So, and especially like my husband, when, our, when I would play and he would play like online games, like with his Oculus, I would hear these middle schoolers like cursing each other out, ripping them a new one. Like, I mean, we've all played online shooter games. Like we know yeah. what they... Like I usually just like hit mute and like play my own game, but like I feel like <laughs> I'm just like shoot them, shoot them. Uh, but I just feel like the compassion for people. It's the same with um, Facebook keyboard warriors because you're not talking to them face to face and you're looking at them as 
a game or just something, an object versus a, a human. So I feel that we can get in trouble with um, too much gaming and getting too into them. But I know some people, gaming is life and that's okay. Yeah. Well, I think it can teach us. It can teach us to dehumanize people um, in certain respects. If we don't take what they're actually telling us at face value. There are plenty of games out there where the point is not these are soulless monsters, kill them. It's like, oh, there's a misunderstanding between these two peoples or uh, humans and robots or what have you. And it's led to the point of war. It's led to the point of not understanding one another. And right, yeah, if you forget to get my six and I end up dying in game, I'm not going to curse you out. It's a game. <laughs> and that has happened a lot of times. Jerks. I might call you a jerk, but that's the extent. But it's that same sense of, I think of a game like the Mass Effect series. And humans are seen as these uh, upstarts who just are getting too big for our britches. And everyone, because these aliens, most of them have been at it for like over a thousand years, some of them, compared to us. And I think we're just trying to get ahead too quickly. So they look down, oh, you don't know anything, you stupid little child. And yet we don't quit. And there's friction there because this is how things are supposed to be. And you're fighting against the status quo. Why are you doing that? Well, because we're human and humans keep uh, at our best, keep pursuing something to rise above, to be better at than everyone else. And that's something uh, really good. Oh, of course, we do have a bit of <laughs> commentary from my friend, uh, Joshua Noel. Uh, a little late here in his regard because we talked about this earlier, but Dead Space makes cults extra scary to me, to be honest. And I agree. Dude, cults, uh, they're crazy. Like, yeah. I don't get them. That's yeah, wild. See, yeah, the episode we did on uh, Whole Church on the church and cults was a lot of fun. So check that out if you would like that. Uh, a really engaging conversation there with a lot of really good people talking. I could never I share I could never share my man. Absolutely not. Uh-uh. No, no, no. <laughs> That's the first red flag, guys. Mm -mm, no, no, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, never let that uh, person who would you would normally ever be with say, well, you should be with me, and she should too. Shoo. No, give me that al alimony. We done. <laughs> but, yeah, I think on that regard as well, when it comes to the other, we see plenty of people using that, and games can be a way of masking that, of, uh, it could be African-American, could be Hispanic. Cause like, Oh, you're encroaching on what we have here. So uh, we're going to use this metaphor of aliens to talk about that. And it can show us, well, how do I treat these races in game? Do I see them as less than because they're not human? Like some people would see another race as, well, you're not Caucasian, you're not uh, Asian and therefore you are less than me. Well, that kind of applies to games sometimes. If, because you can certainly make Commander Shepard a racist in Mass Effect. Like that's something like you can make him like a human, uh, pro-human, anti-alien kind of person. Not that he despises all aliens, but like humans first kind of mindset. Or you can make him like this true paragon of humanity who wants to see uh, the good in others, wants to inspire them to be better than themselves, to promote a community of people to watch out for each other and create a galaxy that doesn't just put the needs of one race above the other stuff like that no. so you did mention halo earlier yes uh what games have you played in that series three you just three yep okay like my gaming pretty much stopped in high school once i graduated and went to culinary school and all that stuff i kind of stopped gaming because i left all my xbox and stuff at home and then shortly after college i got married and then it's just been like me and anime. Granted, like I've always had my like Nintendo, like X, like DS XL. Like I've always had like my handheld, like something, but like actual system gamings, they went away for a little bit. Okay. Mainly, Is I your husband a gamer? It. You said he had a PS5. Yeah, we just got the PS5. And so we kind of just got to the point. I wouldn't like say in our finances type deal, but for the longest time, like we couldn't afford the new systems, you know? Like, I would choose not to spend money on those. That's so, fair. Um, so now, I mean, we, we got the Switch when it recently came out. Loved, we love the Switch. I actually got a little yellow Switch light in Japan, so I'm very excited. Oh, so cute. It's not region locked, is it? Mm, that's a good question, because what does that mean? 
<laughs> it means that there are specific regions of the world. If you buy something from there, it's tied to that region of the world. So you couldn't buy some of the ga same games unless you were tied into that network or something like mm. that. I'm not a, I know enough to know the term, but to fully yeah. explain it. We'll see. Really well, because true. I downloaded, and this is, we do not condone piracy or speeding. No, or not at once. And anything. So, like, you know, if you, my husband buys all his games, like, online, like, the digital downloads. So, I just logged into his account. And, I mean, I'm not going to buy the same. I'm not going to buy Animal Crossing twice. It's just kind of silly. We are one. Oh, for the price you have to pay for it? I understand. Yeah. So, I downloaded Animal Crossing because that's what the game I really wanted to play and did that it was fine played like doing the downtime in japan and then when i tried to open it again it wouldn't open the software so it could be locked and i just haven't picked it up since i've been back to play with it so we'll see okay. if it is uh, we tried. it was it was like dirt cheap it was only like in a junk box of other things okay it was, it was like 80 bucks which like sad day if i wasted 80 bucks but i'm not gonna lose sleep over it that's good yeah, so we'll see. It has like the Japanese symbols and all that stuff. It'd be a great paperweight then if <laughs> if it's if it's region locked. I just wanted something I could bring back and forth to work and play on my planning period. I mean, why not? I, what else are you gonna be doing during that? Not planning, tell you that. <laughs> not grading papers, no. Uh, forget that. You gotta have uh, time well, to that's... relax and decompress too after some of those kids. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I get it. So, yeah. So PS5, I, and the main reason we bought PS5 was because my husband wanted to play the new Harry Potter game and he didn't want to wait for it to come out for the Switch. Yes. And so we saved up the money, we bought it, and then I wanted to play the new One Piece. Well, it's not new anymore, but I want to play the One Piece Odyssey yes. um, for PS5. And so I've, I've played a little bit into that. Um, it's just like, it's hard for me to sit down. And I think also I'm such a fast paced person. When you start a new game, it's so slow. At the beginning. And so I think that as I'm thinking through, that's my biggest like hold up with like getting games done because I'm the queen of starting a game. It's very hard for me to finish a game. Well, that's a good way to put it too, because especially a lot of sci-fi games, sometimes fan uh, really with fantasy too, it's finding yourself plunged into a world, you know, nothing about it. Uh, like, where am I at? What does this term mean? What What is this kingdom at? Where is this planet at? And what are the rules? Yeah, what are the rules? Yeah. Like uh, in another game, I can jump. Why can't I jump in this game? Or like I should be able to climb this fence or what have you. But I can obliterate someone with a gun, but I can't knock down this fence. Like how does that work? Like learning the rules can be kind of tedious at times. So I totally understand that. Speaking of Oblivion, I remember deep in my soul, I played Oblivion for a little bit too, but I don't think that's sci-fi. Uh, that's, that's part like of the Elder Scrolls universe, so that's yeah, more yeah, fantasy. Yeah. There are sci-fi elements, mm -hmm. but like they're more relegated to like the lore uh, right, rather than right. something you're actually going to encounter in-game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because I'm just trying to like scrape through the buried memories of high school life for me. I've compressed a lot. So you never got the Skyrim either? Yeah. <sighs> Nah. Like again. <laughs> no, that's that's so funny because I, I just so one of my friends came here to the dorm and I was playing Skyrim for like the 250th time. And he asked me, What are you playing? It's like, what do you mean what am I playing? It's like, what are you playing? It's like he'd never heard of Skyrim before. And he's been in the West for how long? You know what? Teach their own. Teach their own. It's always fun. And I was talking to my husband like a little bit and um because you know we were talking earlier and he's like well why do you guys have so many hosts again he's like because you we all had to freight too many chefs in the kitchen um but mm -hmm. i was just I was like we all have like different fandoms so yeah you almost need a lot of hosts because i i can i love to chit chat and learn about sci-fi sci games but i'm i can't lead a sci-fi episode like you can or star wars star trek anything you know in that fandom but anime, manga, Harry Potter, I would say. She's your gal. Yeah. I, dude, I love Harry Potter so much. I'll listen. So I was getting a root canal the other day. And so I just, you know, I didn't want to, you don't want to hear the drills. So I literally blasted, I think it was the book five is what, because I'll just like re-listen to the books and stuff. So I just, like, I put it like all the way up. I was like, all right, guys, let me know when Go you're done. It. 
Like, it's like, what's Harry doing? <laughs> well, because I knew I'm so afraid. Like, if a playlist, what if like the songs run out? Even if you do like shuffle play, I'm like, Harry Potter books, you got 20 hours. You won't that, be shutting still down be any- there for a while. Yep. I was like, I know for a fact this will not run out of time. Like, continue. It was the worst. I hate dental work. Yeah. Sorry. What audiobook did you have? Was it Stephen Fry that was doing the narration or was it I think American? So. Uh, no, no, it's the Stephen. He's fantastic. Like oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just as impressed with him as I am JK for writing the whole series. Oh yeah. Like his like voices are amazing. Yeah, he doesn't wonder his work. He's a very mm-hmm. funny guy too. If you ever get the chance, I don't know how big you are on game shows. Uh but he used to host a show in Britain called Quite Interesting or QI, hmm. where they'd have a panel of four other comedians and him as the host. And what they would do is they would just uh, bring up some really obscure fact and have the panel of hosts try and figure out. They would ask a really obscure question and see if they could get the answer. And if they gave an answer that seemed like it was way too obvious, like, you know, these klaxons was, would go off and buzz and they wouldn't be able to uh, they would lose points for doing that. It's really funny. It's very British humor at times. So it can go over our heads a little bit as Americans. but. Uh, he is just a complete delight in it because he has a great rapport with the people working with him and the panel of comedians. It's really funny. Interesting. I am going to be honest. I could lie and be like, I'll have to check it out, but I will never check that out. I appreciate you sharing. Yes. If there's anything you can trust paying for, it's honesty. Mm-hmm. I appreciate to a that. fault. Because I just don't, I don't believe, and I'm a chit chatter but I just don't believe in like wasting words if that, which is an oxymoron because I will talk to a wall, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to fluff it. I have three reasons why I don't lie. And people just assume I have three reasons for a lot of things. Now that I think about it, three reasons why I don't drink, three reasons why I don't lie. And people just assume it's because I'm a super conservative Christian, which I'm not. But the f- reasons why I don't lie is number one, it's a lot of like, that's a lot of work to make up the lie. <laughs> like think about it. The fabricated lie takes a lot of effort. I don't feel like doing it. Number two, now you have to keep up the lie. Mm. More work. And then number three, you shouldn't be doing anything that you have to lie about. So this is illogical. So why lie? So that's why I don't lie. Um, And so my family has done like many shady things. And so I'm really like, I don't lie. Now I can diverge if I don't want to answer a question and they straight up ask me, like I can like circle around pretty well because especially I'm like, I'll either say I'm like, that's so-and-so business. You know, I'm not a part of that, which is usually true because people are trying to like get information out of me that they have no business getting out of. Or someone's like, someone would ask me something and I'm like, is she like, is so-and-so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's she, but I'm asking you, I'm like, well, what did, what did you hear? Yeah. And they're like, well, I, I was like, well, I need all the details. What do you, and so you kind of like, just, you, you diverge it I, back. I'm from you. the truth. Yeah. Um, and the three reasons why I don't drink is number one, too expensive. Mm. So it's like, it's just, I don't think I would rather spend my money on cakes or ice cream or pastries or tacos. So many great things to spend your money on. Number two, I don't like the taste of alcohol, but you say you have to find something you like. It negates point number one. I don't want to spend the money to find something I like. True. True. And then number three, I have the Asian glow. I'm a lightweight. Even if you buy me the drink, so you need, you need gate number one, I know I'm going to like it because it tastes like Kool-Aid. Number two, I'm going to feel very bad after I drink it. So okay. why? I'm not going to enjoy it. So why will I drink it? And that's the three reasons. Do you think the world would benefit from people learning from these games and stories? Um, honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. It, no, I no. think I think we could have a lot of fun, but when I think of benefit, <laughs> you I don't can't think lie. that there's something someone could learn from one of these games about how to treat other people differently, how to love them more, how to like change the world around them. They can get more self confidence from some games. <laughs> uh, there you go. You heard Pang. If you if you're a loser out there and you need more self confidence, don't go to the gym. Go get yourself some Final Fantasy VII. Then you'll feel like the Chad right. you were always meant to be. Feel free to disagree with me and just like roast me. I'm I'm ready for it. It's fine. Well, I will respectfully disagree. 
and say that there's there's plenty we can benefit from. And the fact that if gamers actually paid attention to what the games were saying, and that's another conversation we had for the podcast we recorded before this, and that gamers are unfortunately very tone-deaf people who need to get hit in the face with an anvil before they actually understand what a game is about, then it could really help with understanding one another. We talked about a bunch of things today. I mean, Final Fantasy VII alone, you have the preservation of the planet, what it means to take from a planet's resources to the point that you're ruining it. Uh, we get that through, oh gosh, the, uh, not materia, what, what did they use for, from the planet to harvest it? Do, 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 do. I'm uh, trying to think. I can't think. It's uh, the, the, it, it was. I know it was Shenra Corporation, but I can't remember what they were mining. Yeah, I, I forget off the top of my head. Like they're they're taking yeah. it from the planet itself, and it's causing all these uh, ecological disasters, uh, which is why Avalanche is created. Like we can learn. Well, okay, should we start a terrorist organization? Probably not. Uh, I would say no, more than likely. And but what we can learn is so there's something that needs to be done. People need to be held accountable for what they do. And sometimes uh, that may be what someone discovers for the first time playing a game like that. They've never heard someone say that before. And they can then use that to build up when they hear other things later on in life. Oh, well, that's why they said that in this game I played. I think that is immensely valuable to the world because kids, kids are dumb. It's not their fault because they're learning. They're stupid because they don't know better. And one thing way you can introduce them to higher level concepts is through stuff like a game. I would argue many adults are stupid and they need to be treated like children sometimes, which is why they can play more childish games, more sci-fi games and learn from them if they're actually paying attention to what's being said to them. So that's where I would go. Now, I like it. as far as the question, is there anything these games have in common? Um, you haven't played a lot of these games, so I think you're disqualified from this question. It's not fun. They have fun. There you go. There is a lot of fun to be had in these games. And you can argue that there's plenty in like Halo and Mass Effect of learning how to mm -hmm. handle other alien cultures beyond your own, how to talk to these people. Teamwork. Uh, you have teamwork in some of them. Yes. The, of them. Teamwork is always a valuable one. Mass Effect 2 in particular. The goal is to create a team on this one suicide mission that is going to the fate in the entire galaxy is at stake if they don't succeed. So if they don't do it well, if they don't work as a team, uh, you can lose characters. They can die. Or you can save everyone, depending on your choices in the game. That's something very valuable you can learn. And of course, uh, Joshua did want to bring up, uh, not Dead Space, but Galaga. Oh, man, I should have started with that one. I'm so good at that game. Yeah. So what do you think of good old Galaga there? Pew, pew, pew. This is, of course, one of the first sci-fi games ever made. And it's just you shooting at a bunch of ships that are invading somewhere. Uh, I'm sure there's lore reasons in Galaga. I've never bothered to actually like explore any of them. So uh, what was your history with Galaga? Just destroy all the enemy ships. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Like, that's all. I mean, and then like, here's the thing. Does anyone ever like, just go like aim and hit? It's just like this. <laughs> you know, like I, like I never went like, Oh, absolutely not. No, it's just like, it's like, how fast can you hit that thing? Rapid button? fire. Yeah. I, I always engineered to the point where I allow, I hit one of the uh, capture ships or whatever they're called. I hit them once. So they turn blue. So if they capture me, all I have to do is hit them once and I get that second ship and rain a wave of devastation and destruction across all the invading forces. It's Yeah, there was no logic for me. None at all. Just don't get hit and don't stop pushing the button. That was it. <laughs> I was really good at not getting hit, so I got real high scores. Uh, in fact, at uh, every year, some college friends and I, we all go to this uh, kind of reunion together. We uh, take this one house for a week in the Outer Banks in North Carolina. And this house had a Galaga and Miss Pac-Man set up in it. So I played it a little bit. Uh, and just like, I'm a kid at 32 years old. It's like, pew, 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 die, die, die. Yeah, that's a fun game. It's unlock some memories for sure. And without arcade games, we wouldn't have the modern games we do because that industry was dying after a while. Um, and eventually it became one of those things where like rich people could get involved. So they said, oh, well, I buy these things and that made them more valuable. And then more people started picking up on them as the more modern gaming industry was created in the 80s, uh, even after the financial disaster that was the E.T. game, like slowly crawled back. And we have 
uh, PlayStations, we have Xboxes and Nintendo Switches and what have you, all because of earlier games like this that they were building upon as time went on. Like these little bits, uh, 8-bit, 16-bit, whatever these are. Uh, I'm not a gamer in that regard. I have no clue. Are the foundations for what we have today where some of these games look like they're reality. That, is, that, that trips me out a little bit. Like whenever I'm like, oh, it looks like this could be a movie. Uh, this this could be real people, which kind of is like when you're shooting them, it makes it desynthesize. You know what I mean? Kind of like desynthesize you do it. Yeah. A little bit. So I, I stay away like from shooter games nowadays. Like even like if it's like too gory of a movie and whatnot, I'm like, this. I mean, some people, depending, we have listeners who are on like each side, but like, Squid games, psychological, even the purge, like it's all psychological stuff that just desynthesizes people. So I feel like even video games, it's all, all works together. But dang, some of them are so good. Oh, yes. I, I'll play so them all good. the time. They're lots of fun. But paying if people haven't played the game that you chose, Final Fantasy VII, why should they? Um, if you get bored and just want to play an award-winning game, why not? The contrast today between you and me has been my favorite part of this. It's like, <laughs> I, I just do it, I guess. Versus, okay, here's a, here's a reason you should feel something. It, it explores the world. It's all this like, nope, just do it. <laughs> because it's it's like I was saying with our fandom and passion. It's not that if I was recommending an anime, like, you know, I, I, would, I, I recommend what I like with my whole being. You know what I mean? And so yeah. this, is high, this is high school Liz, Liz's fandom. You know what I mean? I have evolved. <laughs> To other fandoms, which is not bad. Fair enough. I will say you shouldn't start with Mass Effect 2. You'd start with the first game. Like, there's definitely a lot more quality of life stuff you get in Mass Effect 2. It's a better story, better gameplay, better characters. But start with the first, go to the second, because you're going to get a series. Uh, three is a little mixed on some of the reviews, and there are reasons why I think they're pretty, uh, pretty accurate, some of those uh, things against it. But Mass Effect 2, once you played the first one, is a fun game, a very challenging game of where is humanity's place in the galaxy? What can we do? How should we team up with the other alien races around us? How should we work together? How should we not work together? I'm all for it. You guys are missing out if you haven't. And thank you all for listening to this. This was a fun time, a very, <laughs> very disjointed time. Apologies uh, for my rambles. No, uh, we, we tried to stall for time, but it looks like TJ just isn't going to make it here. And we do have other responsibilities we need to do. Um, so if you have the time, please give us a one-time tip on, like I mentioned earlier, on Captivate or Apple Podcasts to see some of the extra questions we typically ask uh, in our regular discussions that you can get, gain some more insight on. Uh, please as well, if you have the chance, uh, review us on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts or what have you or wherever you're listening to this to help us boost us into ratings to get more people involved and in watching this stuff. We're trying to expand. We want to get more out there. We want more people to listen to what we have to say because uh, I think we have a real, lot of really good things to say. So as well, you can join our Discord to have some very insightful conversations on the latest movies coming out, the latest comics that have come out, uh, plenty anime of other things. Stuff. Anime stuff as well. Uh, we'd send some trailers there every now and then. Uh, guys, but remember one more important thing. We are all like chosen people. A geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.